Welcome one and welcome all. Tonight we're live on Berry Flow Upstream number 116. Today's date is the 18th. We're headed toward the end of September. Starting out here with Blaze. Hopefully Alex and Brandon will suspend their social lives for a moment and come join us <laughs> a little later on. But Blaze, how you doing, my man? Can't complain. How you doing? Dude, I'm uh, tra well-traveled now, right? I, I got to go visit Wisconsin for a little bit. Good to come back. Good to get back in the grind. We appreciate everyone's like understanding and support where we took a week off. I mean, we haven't, I think we've done that maybe like five times ever. So I'm still on one hand on that. So I feel good about it. Well, <laughs> it's always good. You know, it is good. Alex works all the time. His schedule is kind of really crazy anyway. So it's good that we get a little break. Brandon's traveling. I got to go out, <laughs> leave Florida for a moment. So it's nice, you know, Blaze is going, you know, all over the place. So it's always nice to uh, get to participate a little bit in that stuff and, and get out for a moment or two. But we have a lot to cover, right? We're covering basically the week of September the 4th all the way to the 18th. So basically the meat of September. And some interesting things have happened. Um, one of the more kind of oddball random ones for me was Snap version 3 actually coming out of beta. And it's fully available, supported by ads, donations, and also still like a free version is available. Uh, Blaze, in terms of Snap, do you find that interesting that it's kind of coming about? Do you think it's kind of like maybe that last update for people who are still on BlackBerry 10? Yeah, in regards to that app, I mean, you know, that has basically been something that's pretty much been in beta and somewhat broken for a while. So, uh, you know, the developer went ahead, updated it, and pushed it out, and now it's no longer in beta status. But even even in even out of the beta status, it had a little bit of a issue getting a, getting out of the gate, anyways, because. Um, the first build of it didn't necessarily work right for everybody, which was problematic. So then there was another build that was pushed out, and then the free version was came, came out. So I don't know. It, it's one of those things where it was like, yeah, it's available, but uh, you should probably wait a day or two longer because of the fact that there was a little bit of a, a little bit of an issue with it. So. Yeah, one of the things that was kind of interesting as well is that that version 3 beta was a kind of a big departure from the last one too. So there's kind of been like versions of it for a while that we've had out there. And yeah. we've had uh, we've had the developer on the podcast here before. You can go back and look, you know, in detail if you want to know what we're really talking about with this Snap application, but ultimately a native application that gives you access to the Google Play Store on your BlackBerry 10 devices. So we really know BB10 is really known and you know, out there for the enterprise and secure out there. So Snap brings all those applications together. I was telling some people the fact that you can use Cobalt's method that you can get in the CrackBerry forums and Snap kind of in conjunction with one another is really cool. And you get that native experience where you still have kind of the best type of Android integration you can possibly go for, which I thought was pretty cool. I had a question uh, thrown at me on Twitter or Instagram, I believe, and it was like, why can't I get this in BlackBerry world? And mainly just terms of service on BlackBerry side, right? You can't... <laughs> You can't have an app store that lets you download an app store, right? It gets a little, it's a little complicated. I mean, interest there. Let's get, when you really get to the meat and potatoes of it, it's it really is like, I know I know my colleague Jerry got in trouble with like CrackBerry fans and readers before for saying it, but the reality of the situation is that it, it's essentially piracy. Even if you're still taking like free applications you're still taking those applications without the developer's knowledge and stuff so i mean 
I get it and I understand it and I can appreciate people's views on it, but at the end of the day, it's still you're still accessing something that you genuinely shouldn't be able to go ahead and access. And that that is where it falls, you know, in line with BlackBerry's terms and conditions. You can't you can't just upload something to the app store that basically illegally allows other applications to be downloaded outside of BlackBerry world. So I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, it exists and nobody, you know, Google hasn't hasn't gone out of their way to go ahead and disable the application or access or anything like that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily meet their terms and conditions either. So you kind of have to respect that in, in some sort of way. And it, it's one of those things where it's never going to be available on BlackBerry Roll just because it's when it really does come down to it, it's not. It's not a legitimate application. <laughs> and, and at the end of the day, there's so many other alternatives as well. I see Tristan here on our live chat saying, you know, just use one mobile. And, you know, you could. You could use Amazon. You could use one mobile. There's so many, like, ways to get around this type of problem with, like, getting those apps on BlackBerry 10 that there's really no excuse. But it is cool that there is a native developer out there continuing to support it. I liked Snap, and I kind of liked it more when it looked more like a BB10 app, to be quite honest. Yeah. Remember how it went through that kind of UI change? But I do respect the point and purpose, right, to make it a little bit closer to that you know, Google Play replacement. So really kind of interesting, an application going out there native to fill that gap that you know BlackBerry 10, quote unquote, has with the applications. I'm, I'm pleased that it's at least come out of beta, and that there's now a way you can really easily support the developer while getting the application as well. I think that's cool. Before there was like a donation button, but you know, who sees those, who's clicking on those, whereas now you're kind of getting, a, it's a little bit more of a transaction and it, it seems to make more sense for me at least. It makes me more inclined to kind of support the developer. I'm more concerned really with where BlackBerry is going to be in terms of supporting the Android piece of the equation here as opposed yeah. to the developer himself, you know? But yeah, that, uh, that's, that's it, something that is eventually going to, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's appropriate to say that it's eventually going to stop working, but I mean, it's going to age over time, and there are things that are just simply not going to work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As and well as app applications, you know, we're going to continue to grow. It may not even be the app itself, but the runtime, or just the apps that you know are going out for it. I wish there was a way to make it a little bit more, you know, future-proof in that regard. But it's definitely tough. We got Brandon sitting down here in just a moment. I was no, thinking, is uh, hey Brandon, how's it going, man? What's up, guys? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. I'm just glad you beat Alex here, so we can <laughs> get him later for that. Well, it's because you know, well, there's some people. There's some people that care about this show, James. <laughs> and Alex is not one of them. <laughs> Alex is not one of them. You know, it's it's funny that we say that, but at the end of the day, like the podcast Alex is probably the one who cares have a place most. to be <laughs> Alex, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know why I'm defending him right at this point, but. <laughs> One of the, we're talking right now about like Snap being coming out of beta, Brandon, for BlackBerry 10, and the yes. developer kind of refining and getting that kind of final update out there for people who really want to consume a native version of what you know we could freely download basically in, in, in BlackBerry form, Google so to Play. speak. With yeah, yeah basically, that getting that Google Play access on BB10 and just kind of cool how it's finally out of beta and it's now available and it's kind of preceding this release of 10.3.3 that is coming, right? Yeah. It's imminent. Uh, just to give an update for people on BlackBerry 10.3.3, if you go to the NIAP website, it's actually listed as kind of like 
pending, right? So at least now it's there <laughs> and we know it. Before, like, it wasn't pending. We're waiting on an update and we don't even know if the government's seen the OS, let alone is approving it, right? Now we know at least it's in that pending process. It's been delivered. We're really just waiting on the certification side of this piece for the OS to go out. And I'm sure while that's happening, Blackbird's kind of getting together with the carriers, if any, to figure out how they can get this out there for people, you know? Yeah. That's going to be the trickier situation, right? Let's that's, that's the thing that's like essentially frustrating about it is that even even if you do pass through the NIAP certification and all of that business, you still have to wait for the carriers to push it out and the carriers might never push it out. So in that case, the majority of the people could possibly end up just downloading an autoloader that's going to be available from one of the carriers that actually did push it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's that's unfortunately how it works. And like, really, that that NIAP certification page doesn't necessarily mean much either. It just shows that it's in certification. But there's even part of that is like, if you look at that NIAP certification page, it's it's a Canadian based page that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be processed through all of the American processes either. It's a common criteria certification that even even if it passes through on the Canadian side, there's still a very small slight chance that it could not pass through on the American side. So that page is really as much as I hate to say it, that's that's nothing but a feel good page when people look at that. That's what you know, you look at that and you feel good about it being somewhere in the certification process, but it doesn't at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily mean much. It's just basically a page that tells you that, yeah, somebody is possibly looking at it. How long has that page existed, right? Right. So. And and let's be fair here, Blackberry is not the first app to go for an IAP certification. Right. right. LG LG back in the day was one of like the first ones that really came out with it. So this is a, this is a process that probably has a lot of people in and in, in the in, you know in the queue for so to speak and we really just got to wait. I would prefer at this point that if they deliver an update it's you know it's meaningful to a degree, right? At least it delivers on the, the core promise like rushing it out just for the sake of getting an update. And then not having the pieces where you can really leverage it to a new to a new place is, is just going to let it languish even further, right? And probably cause more bugs than anything else. So, at, you know, when it comes to that, <clears throat> BB10 is kind of like this orphan child right now, you know? And it, it'll make it. It's going to go ahead and continue to survive in its own way. But it, as niche as it is, as niche as it is, there's going to be obviously a lot more that we're going to be hearing about in the future with the Android side of what BlackBerry is doing as a software company. I was surprised my DTech 50 got the September update early or something like that because I've been rocking the September build. I think it came out with the beta or something like yeah. that, that that was released. But it is cool to see, again, they're really on the security gambit here. What do you guys think about, because Brandon, I know you're on a priv now, transition from BlackBerry 10. And I've been kind of wondering what the what the update story is for you. Your device was bought unlocked outside of BlackBerry, but branded as an AT&T model. In Canada, are you getting updates for security, or are you still on the same OS you rocked day one? Have you loaded an autoloader? Tell me what you're doing on your device currently. James, this, this whole process has been painful, to say the least. Um, so I got the unlocked device off of eBay because it was a good price. It was a factory unlocked AT&T, not factory unlocked. It was an AT&T device with an unlock code. So I unlocked it. It's fine. Unfortunately, because I don't have an AT&T SIM card, I'm not able to get updates. So that includes security updates. I can't get those without an AT&T SIM. 
So what I did is when Marshmallow came out, I just flashed that onto my device. And so now I'm running Marshmallow, but I haven't updated the, like I haven't gotten the security updates because it's really just, it's too much of a hassle to have to wipe and reload everything, right? So it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, currently I'm experiencing some issues with my device. So I'm gonna, I should have factory warranty straight from BlackBerry. So I'll let you guys know how that process goes. Yeah, I think you have it for a year if memory, yeah, for a year. memory serves, so. What kind of things are you going through right now? Is it, and this is the thing, it's like, I hate to say this, you know, on air or whatever the case may be, but for some reason, those devices got discounted quickly and, and early. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, yeah. it was substantial and it was early. And I wonder if maybe that was like one of the first batches that they ran for AT&T and whether, you know, it's, I don't even want to speculate on it. Strange. Like, almost <laughs> yeah, everyone I know. It's very strange. Like, I'll be, I'll be early using my, yeah, I'll be moving my, I'll be using my device regularly for, you know, months or like weeks, well not months, like weeks or like days. And then all of a sudden, like my device, when I go to unlock it, it won't unlock, the screen is unresponsive. Then if I press the lock button again, the screen goes black and then just never turns on again. So I have to hold the button, restart it. When it restarts, um, the screen is unresponsive still. So I have to restart it a second time. And usually after the second time, the screen becomes responsive again. And I have no idea why it's even doing that. I've tried, I've uh, wiped the device, did a factory restart. Um, I tried booting into safe mode. It still happens. It's to be honest, like this is this is a little ridiculous. Like it, I just it could be a hardware defect. I mean, yeah, like you said, those batch of devices that could happen. I mean, okay, fair enough. There's always going to be discrepancies like that in an automated process where they manufacture devices. There, there's always going to be a percentage that are going to be affected. And I may have had one of those percentages. It's just, uh, it's just one of those things. It's not well documented. I looked online, not a lot of people have this same issue. So it's, I, I'm really trying to do everything I can on my part to knock off all the check marks on my side to make sure it isn't like a software thing that I've created inadvertently. Um, and then I don't know, I think this week I'll probably be contacting BlackBerry to see if I can get it repaired or replaced or something. Have you ran BlackBerry Virtual Expert, the Android version, on the to see if there's any? No, no. Actually, actually, there's another issue I wanted to mention as well. So I had the unresponsive screen thing, which I've seen people talk about unresponsive screens, uh, but those are kind of. It seemed like those were more temporary things, where it'd be unresponsive for a few seconds. And my device, if once it becomes unresponsive, I'll leave it for an hour and I go to use it again. It's still unresponsive. Uh, and I haven't seen that really online. Another issue I have is that like every day, my uh, my memory card, my SD card randomly ejects. Like I'll be listening to music and out of the blue, it just ejects. And then it won't load again until I restart the device because it says That's it's weird. corrupted. You and know, then when I restart, the, yeah. I'm just thinking here on my Priv device that I have, the, the SD card and the micro SD card slot I have, they're not even flush with the device. Like they go. Yeah, mine, they're, they're not flush. Like it's such a, sh like to be honest, like excuse my French, but this this system that they have is is just shit. Like the the systems that they had before with the, where you could just push it in and it locks into place. They, I don't know why they, maybe they just didn't have enough space for that contraption in there for the spring. But I mean, this whole system where you have to get a pin to, take out the uh take out the compartment and then put it in it's just clunky you know 
Wait, that's how, that's your, how most phones do it. it. Actually, like ejects, like it pops out, like it moves enough to like. I thought you just meant like the software side of things ejected it. But no, yours it, is like no, literally. No, it out. doesn't eject. No, it doesn't eject. It's still in there, but my device randomly ejects it. Like the, the software side, like yeah. I yeah, I get a notification in the software. It says, yeah. you're like I'll be listening to music, like not, my phone's not even moving." And out of the blue, music will stop playing. I see a notification saying you've ejected your SD card prematurely or something like that. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like you know, every you know day. They say, uh, you know how they say dogs like end up looking like their owners? Well, I think phones are kind of pretty similar, Brandon, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Like I'm usually pretty good with it. I haven't had I didn't have any issues with BlackBerry 10. Um you know, I was perfectly fine with that. It's just this the, the, the priv device. I don't hopefully it's just chalked up to being one of those unlucky few devices. And maybe I can still find a software fix. I'm not ruling that out. Cause uh, I really want to have faith in Blackberry's build quality. But having said that, you have to be fair. Uh, like I mentioned before, there's always gonna be a percentage of devices that are gonna have faults and, and little issues. So I mean you really can't fault them too much on that. I mean, if it turns out in retrospect that every single AT&T device from that first batch had an issue and BlackBerry's getting thousands of them at like at a time and they clearly know that it's an issue, then, I mean, that's something that's going to upset me. I mean, they don't, I guess they don't have to really say anything in case there's an issue, right, in, in case someone doesn't notice that there's an issue. But, I mean, if there's enough evidence mounting on their end, I hope that when I do contact them, it's going to be a fairly uh, uh, and It's not going to be. Yeah, I'm not just. Gonna... I think it's just basically that they built too many for AT and T, and AT and T realized that they weren't selling as much as what they expected. So all Hopefully. of those, all of those ones that were built for AT and T, basically, either BlackBerry sold them off at a cut rate, or AT and T sold them off at a cut rate because. I mean, if you're re if you're really interested in it, you can go buy a pallet of BlackBerry devices and sell them on the third party market yourself. You just have to have the have the the liquid assets to be able to spend on a pallet of devices. See, here's my thing though. Brandon's just ungrateful. Like he's <laughs> out there exploding on them, right? Like the Galaxy Note Seven, and he's like, "Oh, my screen's not." At least you're safe, Brandon, right? It's not going to explode. At least it didn't on you blow like up on your brain. No, it's actually. I actually, I would rather have my hand explode than what happens now. <laughs> at least, at least you can't complain with the screen screen being. At least it can use the device up until the point it explodes. Now it's like fuck. It's like freaking Russian roulette with my phone. It's like, will it unlock this time or will it not? Like, <laughs> if terrible. I'm dying, no, no, no. I'm serious. Like BlackBerry is like security. If I'm dying, I guarantee this phone is gonna be freaking frozen when I'm trying to make the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> It's been frozen. It's actually so annoying. So hopefully, yeah, once again, it's just one of those manufacturers. I would have moved back to realities. BlackBerry 10 already, man. Like I wouldn't have dealt with that. I actually want to go back to BlackBerry 10. It's just the fact that so many apps are discontinued. It's just, it's so sad, man. I had a good thing going. It still works. I had a good thing going and I just... You'll Facebook be able to make that to emergency call on a BlackBerry 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That'll work at the very least. Just for the record, the latest update is available through an autoloader for your phone. So if you do actually want to wipe it. Do you it, think that's actually going to fix it, though? 
No, but <laughs> I didn't say it would fix it. I just said that it's available. <laughs> you should try it, Brandon. Report back on that for us. <laughs> the security updates are there. I'll ruin it even more, man. To see some of the hub stuff expanding out, I thought that was pretty cool. And it happened quicker than I thought they would. Getting the Hub Plus services and application over onto like lower Android devices with like one gigabyte of RAM and running Lollipop. I thought that was kind of cool. Helps more people get onto it. Are you using the Hub on your priv right now, Brandon? Well, you know, barring it works. Yes, um, I'm using my uh, I'm using the uh, what's it called? I'm using the Hub on the priv every day. It's pretty good. I mean, that it's it's one of those things where it's an obvious it kind of feels like a patchwork because there's some apps that are integrated and they work flawlessly. And then you get apps like WhatsApp that are integrated, but sometimes if you send a message, the notification doesn't uh, mark as read, even though you've read it and you've tapped on it through the hub. And, or if you've tapped on it outside of the hub through the WhatsApp app, it doesn't update in the hub. So, uh, it's just weird because there's those inconsistencies. There's other apps like that too. I mean, LinkedIn seems to work fine if I go into the LinkedIn app and it updates the notification if I've seen it. But it's just one of those things, like I said, inconsistencies that really takes away from the experience of using the hub. Yeah. I don't I'm, know. Is that something that you guys have been experiencing or is this another fabulous issue I'm having? No, my hub works amazing and it only ever launches itself and never other. No, yeah, that's how it is, man. Uh, it's it's like one of those things where there's little tiny inconsistencies here and there, but I honestly feel that's Android for you, you know? It's kind of, yeah. it, it is a patchwork. Yeah, to that's, 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 what, that's been one of the most jarring, that's been one of the most jarring things for me coming over to Andrew, um, Andrew, Android. Um, <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> Uh, is that it's been, it's, it's, you just said it there, uh, very inconsistent notifications. Some apps will give me a notification beep and sound and other apps are just like, they're not going to give me a sound no matter what I do. Dude, it's, it's Java. It I blame Java. I just don't get that. Like it, Blackberry 10, we, we took it so much for granted how on Blackberry 10 you could, notifications were centralized like that. You could just customize every single notification right there in the OS instead of having it dictated to you by each developer. Yeah, and that's why there were no, never any apps in BlackBerry Hub, right? Yeah. I still remember the days where like Snap2Chat was like in the hub as a glitch and like the full app was available in yeah. the hub. Those are the days, man, where like it was literally the wild, wild west of BlackBerry 10. And right, that's right, though. That's one of the things that we took for granted was basically the ability i mean blackberry built blackberry 10 directly from the ground up so i mean arguably you can say the same thing about android but android has been built on so much and it's had so many updates that it's you know android is no longer one of those os's it's just been built upon and built upon and built upon and developers that, have, that's, have moved it yeah that's one of those a things. whole different space yeah, that's one of those things is that I'm going through the Android OS and stuff, and sometimes it just, it, it, it's so clear that it was an operating system that has many years to it, and it seems like they've been really focused on adding functionality, but really taking those steps to add the uh, user experience um, 
like how easy it is to do things. It, like there's a lot of functionality under the hood, but when you look at how things are incorporated, they're very, like I once again, patchy, very patchy. Like it probably, um, and it almost seems like it provides the functionality just for the sake of providing the functionality and having it there, but it's not necessarily the most intuitive way to use it and stuff like that. And that's one of the things that I find interesting. Uh, back like last week, I think I put out a video, and Blaze did a, did a nice article as well over on CrackBerry about how to access the intelligent keyboard statistics, right? And showing you how many gestures, how many words in your dictionary, and that stuff is cool. I did a little video on the actual BlackBerry Hub widget on Android, and basically, it's a really interesting way for them to get closer to that core BlackBerry 10 experience with the Hub always on the left-hand side. So now you can access it via the gesture. And what's cool is even you can have a pop-up widget for the hub too, right? And you can just kind of flick and go through. So if you kind of break apart what BlackBerry has done with their Android launcher and what BlackBerry 10 is for us, that unified communication element, they've almost entirely replicated that experience on Android. I mean, if you want to peek, quote-unquote, into your notifications, you could literally flick the pop-up widget and peek into those applications, right, and see what notifications you have from them. Or you could slide to the left and do the little gesture and just open the hub as well. I mean, it's basically all there. Yeah. The elements have been recreated. But as you said, man, that user interface piece is what's missing, right? It lacks yeah. that flow and cohesion. Like, I, I hate to be one of those guys. Like, I was always like, you see guys who are still talking about WebOS you know, or like the, like stuff like that. And like, I hate to be one of those guys for BlackBerry 10, but I mean, like, I'm definitely one of those guys where I'm like, fuck, like BlackBerry 10 was awesome. Like it still is awesome. I just wish there's support for it. Right. And it's just, uh, the reality of it. Right. But I think like, WebOS is a word we need to ban on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. I, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from, Brandon. I really do. I, at the same point, like when people still gave me that like sideways BlackBerry look, like I didn't know they were around, or they asked me like, yeah. what does your phone run? Like, you know, DOS, yeah. and I'm like, no, it runs Android, and they, their head kind of slightly shifts back, but it's still ajar, and I feel com more comfortable talking to people about my BlackBerry that it, now that it runs Android as opposed to BlackBerry 10, where it's kind of such an uphill yeah. battle otherwise, really, you know? It's it, it's definitely one of those things that if like I'm meeting someone, I show them my device, they're like, oh, you have a BlackBerry? And all I have to say is, yeah, it runs Android. And then like I don't have to really explain. I can say some things about the keyboard, like the slide-out keyboard and stuff like that, and maybe the hub. But like I don't even explain the hub because I don't. It's, I can't even show them anything to, to be super impressed with. Whereas like on the BlackBerry 10, when I had it, I'd be like, look, this is the hub. Like Everything comes in here. It's all organized. Um, oh man, I miss my BlackBerry 10 demos. You sitting at the bar, yeah. someone looks over at your passport and like, what is that? And you're like, oh, slide it awake, jump into the hub. Yeah, yeah, those are the days, man. Those are the good old days. I was really like like a couple months ago, let's be honest. But <laughs> web design cheat sheets. Those were the good days. Yeah, man. That's I watched a video I did for web design cheat sheet and I'm like, wow, this app sounds really good when I talk about it. But <laughs> if you loaded it now, that about page, man, on Z tens, it's just not the same. <laughs> he's gonna watch he's gonna watch this and be so upset that we're talking about his app. Uh, some interesting news on the front for yeah, for applications is like uh, our very full app no longer works. If you check it out, it will not load anything. I'm gonna put a discontinuation post out there. I've just been so busy with travel and whatnot that I haven't been able to get to oh, it. Blackberry 10? 
yeah, the BB10 one is defunct. It has been sunset. And we have the Android app coming, and I know you've seen an update for it, you guys, and it's, yeah. it's coming along pretty nicely. Still got some some things we're working on, but yeah, we, we brought the Squircle back as well for the loading. Yeah, so I had to. Had to. Gonna, gonna keep working and, and tweaking here and there to get the Android one up and going, but definitely check out both the pieces, both on Crackberry and Berryflow for some how-tos. Crackberry has the keyboard statistics piece, and we've got on Berryflow how to set up that hub widget to get your Android experience a little bit more akin to BlackBerry 10. Alex apologizes, he's still late, he's still in transit from his previous location, but nonetheless, I wanted to jump into another little bit of information about BlackBerry software being ready day one for iOS 10 on the oh, EM. Good, good side of the uh, equation, right? Interesting, but ultimately, is that news? I mean, it's great that it's there, great that they've got all their security parameters in place. Did you happen to watch the, the webinar, uh, Blaze? Was it did you get any kind of news from it? I know that they've basically just got the good suite and the best 12 piece both ready for iOS 10, which is good, right? No, I didn't watch it because pretty much I knew exactly what it was. It was, you know, <clears throat> just basically updates to good and everything else to that brings that system in line with everything. And, I mean, that's pretty much one of the, the key things that they're doing at this point is ensuring that all of – it's kind of funny that we we talk about that because we're I think we're gonna eventually get there, but Good was such a good acquisition for BlackBerry. Like people don't understand that Black that this is mm -hmm. the reason as to why they're able to actually go ahead and support iOS devices and stuff like that. And this is why we're even having the Good acquisition is why we're having this conversation right now. All of their developer tools and stuff like that are based on good technology now. All of, the, all of the iOS updates, good technology. All of this stuff that is basically a core component that we're discussing right now comes from the good acquisition. Like they updated the developer portal for all of the good stuff and everything like that. And this is why, again, this is why we're having these conversations. And it's going to become more... I guess you could say relevant as time goes on. Like people, there's still people out there that are like, why is BlackBerry supporting iOS 10? And they're not even supporting their own BlackBerry 10 devices and stuff like that. Well, like this, this is the stuff that they spent money on. Of course they're supporting it. <laughs> like this is how they gained customers. And I think, I think a lot of people haven't, uh, haven't fully realized that, you know, going forward, these are the, are, are the announcements that are actually important to BlackBerry, and it, you know, it's uh, it's it, it was interesting to read through the comments on the on the BlackBerry software ready on day one posts for iOS 10, because a lot, of, like I said, a lot of people just don't don't understand like why BlackBerry is even supporting iOS 10, and it's mainly because they spent a lot of money to be able to go ahead. And, and maintain those customers and acquire those customers through the good acquisition. So, I mean, get used to hearing this news because it's not going away, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so funny that BlackBerry's kind of gone out and collected a lot of consumer minds with the BB10 portfolio, right? And now basically totally shilt-tifted 
toward Android and toward this super, super cross-platform focus. And that's what we're seeing with things like readiness for iOS 10 on day one. It's that software focus that John Chen's continued to talk about and that this is their focus going forward. I'm, gl I'm glad it's happened. I can't wait for Hub to come on iOS. If they can get a good Hub on iOS, I'll finally look at iOS again as like a platform I may want to be on for phones. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really genuinely, I'm genuinely interested in how Hub is going to run on iOS yeah. because, because of one, because of how Apple operates and how they basically, you know, sort of just they don't play nice with other people. So we know we we know that that may be a problematic symptom to begin with, but also the fact that personally, from my own my own experiences, I believe that. The BlackBerry Hub through the Hub Plus subscription, the 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 Hub Hub Suite that is available. When you start putting Android on higher end devices that have more RAM and they have you know higher specs and better processors and stuff like that, like to be perfectly honest, I have, I have an LG V10 and Hub runs better on my LG V10 than it does on my BlackBerry Priv. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's like when you start putting on putting more more hardware behind the hub, I want to see how the hub is going to run. But also to to bring it back, you know, we have we have that Apple interference that is possible when hub makes its way to iOS that may cause it to be lesser of an experience when it actually gets there, right? So I'm genuinely curious to see how how Hub on iOS actually plays out because I think that you know it it could be a really really compelling reason to actually like look at iOS again. If they can pull it off, there's really no experience like that on iOS, and I think Blaze is right in at I, every point. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine them being able to do a better job on iOS than uh, than Android. I mean, their track record with iOS apps hasn't been stellar. Let's be let's be honest here. Their yeah, GBM application for for iOS, which is a simple messaging application. Well, not simple, but I mean it's a message, an instant messaging application, which apparently WhatsApp and every other client doesn't have issues, you know, doing it on Android and iOS, but BlackBerry has seemed to struggle with it. I don't I don't have confidence that they're gonna be able to create a product standard that I would like it at and I think everybody looking toward it would expect it's in, uh, especially it's when you hear about Android no I'm just thinking to myself it's like we if we really look at Blackberry more objectively BBM is a bad example of what they can do on iOS I mean we got to look at like all the other enterprise applications and things like that they have on Bez 12 and for yeah. good and the secure app container and you know all the little other services that they have I think to judge their track record on iOS alone from BBM is probably a little bit happenstance, only for the sole fact that it just hasn't been a priority. I mean, who's using BBM on iOS? Probably no one. Hence, the app is kind of languishing as compared to what we're used to. I I'm interested to see because I think right now they're taking the time to try to get it right because they've had quite a while, right? We heard about this BlackBerry Hub experience like a year ago, and the fact that it's just now starting to roll out on some Android devices if they can nail it, I think as Blaze mentioned, it could be a really compelling reason. Could you see yourself going to an iPhone, Brandon? I mean, finally kind of jumping in. If you do have a semblance of a BlackBerry productivity uh, experience there, 
Honestly, like, at, this, at this point, um, I might jump over to iOS sometime in the future just because I've had such a horrible experience. Well, not horrible. I don't want to exaggerate, but I haven't had as smooth of an experience on Android as I was hoping. Let's just put it that way. I was expecting just because everybody talks about Android and everybody's in love with Google and everything they do. I thought people were going to, I thought when I was going to come to it, it was going to be, you know, fairly easy to do things that I could do on BlackBerry 10 because I thought it's like, for instance, transferring files to Box, for instance, in the Box app. I tried to load some music from my SD card into my Box account so that I could access it on my computer instead of having to do like find a pin to get the SD card out and put it in my computer. I tried doing that and I couldn't figure out a way to do that. So I'm sure there's a way to do that, but simple things like that, they're not very intuitive and they're, it's just, I've had a lot of stumbling uh, experiences on Android and it's because of these stumbling experiences that I think I may you know give iOS a shot again because for, for what you can say about iOS I know when I was on iOS they, they really locked down the, the ecosystem but at the same time you, you don't really run into issues like that very frequently they have their own intended way they want you to use their device and their ecosystem and if they want to allow you to do things, you're going to be able to do it. You're, you're not going to have to go fumbling around and looking for third-party apps to figure out how to do a lot of things, a lot of simple things that you should be able to do. Provide it in a really intuitive fashion, or it's just you can't do it at all, right? And I think that's one of those things that I think is appealing to iOS, uh, regardless of whether it has a headphone jack, because that's a whole other issue. But it's, it's one of those things that's always been really appealing about Apple, in my view, and one, of the, and one of the main selling points that I would be looking for if they could really bring the, the BlackBerry Hub there and give a good experience. I cannot really agree with you more on that, Brandon. I'm hoping we can really get a semblance of that kind of coming through. I want to talk about some other news that I actually started participating in myself here. This is Shop BlackBerry for the United States, but it is available for other Shop BlackBerry regions as well. We're looking at here is a new sale that they have on some cases and accessories, which I thought was pretty cool. Let me reload the page. This is the big banner, 40% off different BlackBerry accessories. I actually took advantage of this and purchased some. I know Blaze had purchased some a little while back as well, specific to DTEK50. I went ahead and actually got some of these as well. But 40% off is pretty decent, and shipping at a certain price range as well, I think, is free on Shop BlackBerry as well. So you can go out and get some decent accessories for a decent price if you're looking to outfit your Priv and or DTEK50 or even BlackBerry 10 devices with a new coat of armor. I went ahead and got the hard shell that you see here for the DTEK50, and I also got the pocket the smart pocket in gray, and together it came out to like 33 bucks for two cases. I mean, that's not bad. Shipping alone on one probably would have been 33 kind of coming through. So an interesting deal here. You can also visit on Crackberry as well. They have really good deals on accessories and case solutions there as well. But you see here a lot of different accessories, even like all the way back to Classic, Passport, and Leap, all are on sale through Shop Blackberry. So you can go and check that out if anyone's interested in getting some of those accessories. I know with DTEK50 in particular, there's a lot of good options out there. So taking advantage of those while you can is going to be a smart thing to do. You guys thinking of getting anything on Shop Blackberry? I know... Probably not Blaze. Which ones did you order for yourself, man? Did you get like all of them, or did you just grab a couple that you were interested in? 
Uh, I grabbed everything except for the um, uh, the holster thing. So I got the hard shell, I got the flip case, and I got the uh, uh, gray and tan pocket, but I, I don't feel like a holster. Not a holster kind of guy. Give it a couple years, man. <laughs> yeah, really, though. Yeah, that's, that's, that's essentially what I was trying to put so elegantly. Like, I, I kind of wanted to avoid calling people old, but I'll get there eventually. Right. It, times it, times are changing, my friend. You never know. <laughs> Tomorrow is a brand new day. Holster might look real good. I want to <laughs> let people know that that DTEC 50 Swivel holster does have the Blackberry Red Stitch. I mean, it's it's a quintessential case solution. So you're going to get that same kind of BlackBerry. I feel like more design aesthetic from BlackBerry and their DNA went into these cases than into the actual DTEC50 device design, which, of course, is a TCL one, which I thought was kind of amusing. It's like they put all their design chops toward, like, you know, these cases as opposed to the device itself, which is amusing. You know, I still personally feel the DTEC50 is, like, a little bit too light for my hand, and that's why I think the hard shell is going to be perfect. I actually... And I know DJ dropped hers as well when she got it. She was putting on Snapchat that she dropped it. Um, I dropped mine the other day, and I hit the bottom corner, and it's really not noticeable. But in the light, right, you know, the light, you can kind of tell, and it's been a little bit dented there. Um, that's why I think again that, that like a hard shell for me is probably perfect. It would have solved all my problems on that fall because the screen is fine otherwise. So but, you dropped it already? Yeah, I dropped it eating. It was like literally deserve, in my lap. You don't deserve these phones, James. You dropped them yeah. so early. I know. I know. What, you know what's funny is uh, when I came back from uh, Wisconsin, I ended up having this in the mail, and this is a BlackBerry Bold This is and a dock. The dock is probably more exciting than the actual uh, devices, to be quite honest. It's like one of these older BlackBerry docks that's super, super clean. Um Chris Krevling, who's one of our Patreon supporters, actually sent me this. He's in our Berry Flow group. This is a BlackBerry Bold 9790, as you can see there. And this is like my favorite Bold. I've literally talked to Blaze about this before because I've like been trying to figure <laughs> out what device this freaking is. There's so many numbers and things with the BlackBerry lineage that it's, it's hard to kind of track down like a specific one. This is like the slimmer version of the Bold 9900 to a degree. And kind it's of like the, one of the last variations of the Bold. Before they just went to BlackBerry 10. <laughs> yeah. It, it's nice. I really, really like it. It's like when I think of a BlackBerry, like this is what I think about. Like this is what I should think about to a degree, right? And I'm hoping Mercury kind of brings us back to something similar to this. Not Maybe not the Trek, you know, pad and all that, but brings us closer to like this quintessential form factor. What's even more rare and kind of cool about this device is that it's a Quart Z keyboard instead of a Quart E keyboard. So the Y and the Z are actually flipped on the keyboard, making it just that much more kind of a, a trophy piece for me in the collection. I got some older uh, bolds as well that just kind of came through. I don't know why people are spoiling me with these BB BBOS devices, right? I need a Sonita Q10, mm -hmm. guys, to send me one. I promise I'll take good care of it. Yeah, and we're taking up an expo, right? We're going to have a Blackbird Museum, and just, uh, you know, send me what you got. Any garbage, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But de definitely thank you, Chris, for sending that over. That's literally like my, my dream BBOS device. Like when I got my 9900, I really wanted that phone. So I was like, damn, I got to go to the UK to get this. Luckily, someone got it on eBay. So that's even better, right? Mm -hmm. Aside from that, guys, we have iOS 10 readiness, 40% off shop BlackBerry accessories. And we got a poll from CrackBerry asking the question, have you switched to a Priv or DTEC50 
from a BlackBerry 10 phone. And in my mind, I expected this poll to go one way, but then I realized it's Crackberry, right? This is like <laughs> BlackBerry fan mecca, and it doesn't yeah. quite go that way, right? So Blaze, tell us a little bit about the results for this survey, if you would. And were you surprised with the results yourself, or was it kind of in line with, with what you were expecting? Well, it's still, I mean, the poll is still ongoing right now. So if you if you haven't already participated, then make sure that you swing by and take a, take a gander at it. But uh, currently, it's sitting at 38.83% say, yep, they bought a Priv. 8.79% uh, bought a DTEC50 and... Of course, the mass majority, 52.38% say, nope, they're sticking with BlackBerry 10 for now, which is interesting because, I mean, that's, that's still a lot of people that don't want to switch to whatever it is that BlackBerry is offering unless it's, uh, unless it's another BlackBerry 10 device. And I mean, I kind of expected that as well to, to be the result because, you know, it's... You know, BlackBerry 10 was BlackBerry 10 has been on the market more, and people love BlackBerry 10, and they, you know, they they want to stick with it. And it's been one of those things where BlackBerry has had a little bit of a little bit of a pushback, letting people know that they they're running Android devices. Yeah, I bet you if you had ran this poll though after BlackBerry 10 came out. I bet you you would have had similar results with people saying they would have rather stayed on BBOS. Yeah, probably. I, I would guess. I think it's just one of those things where a lot of people just naturally are opposed to change. Yeah. And, I mean, I sympathize with everybody who has a BlackBerry 10 device. I love it, too. Uh, it's just, you know, a lot of these people came from BlackBerry OS, and then they had to learn a whole new operating system. And just when it's kind of reaching its kind of golden era where it's got all the features we actually really wanted and it's, it was it was missing very little in terms of the operating system itself and I can kind of see how people are just kind of you know unwilling to give that up right now because they just don't want to learn another operating system it's tiring for for some people to to have to keep switching every couple of years between operating systems they you know yeah, I mean the results are pretty much in line with what I expected. So, you know, I'm not I'm not falling off off my chair at the results, but still, it was interesting to be able to go ahead and put some numbers behind it because uh, when you really look at it, I mean, thirty eight point eight three percent versus fifty two point three eight percent that actually moved to a priv. So, I mean, you know that that's, size that's, was? that's a lot of yeah. The basically. Uh, for Priv, it was 2,987 votes. Uh, that's, um, pretty, that's actually pretty high. Yeah, for... Yeah. And something something to consider here, Blaze, as well, is that those are two Android devices to, compared to one platform or yeah. portfolio of devices. So when you yeah. add the two... An, when you compare Android that's to BB10... Yeah. Right, or it's 16, 46%. Exactly. It's 46% Android, 52% basically BB10. And that's more of an interesting conversation where like half of the people that were committed to BB10 are now on Android. Yeah, exactly. To, you know, so, and I think that's kind of maybe the market strategy for BlackBerry, right? I mean, 
it, there's an unserved base of our users who want more apps, boom, here's a solution. But there is still that, that group of people who like BB10 and what it has to offer for all the reasons you guys just mentioned, right? I think that's kind of interesting to see. I'd be interested to see kind of like where we are in a year from now if this, this holds true for people or whether like Brandon said, kind of like BBOS, there's just some people who hold on forever, won't let it go, and others who are willing to kind of accept the new for what BlackBerry is doing. I just, also, I mean, months ago I put up a poll, would you buy an Android-based BlackBerry? And at that point in time, uh, kind of interesting because the numbers almost fall, almost fall exactly in line, like with, the the number of people who said that if it's not running a BlackBerry 10 device, then they don't want it, or if it's not running BlackBerry 10, they don't want it, are the are the same amount of is almost the same amount of people that say nope, they're sticking with BlackBerry 10. <laughs> so to say the amount of people who said they don't want it unless it's running BlackBerry 10 was 53.82 percent. So <laughs> that's about as concise as it gets, right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So crazy. Our, our last bit of coverage tonight is going to be talking about BlackBerry announcing Q2 fiscal 2017 results oh in the end of September on the 28th. Now, a lot of people are you know, hailing this as the final call on BlackBerry's you know, quote-unquote hardware business, but I think John Chen's already kind of amended his statements here toward the end of the fiscal year in total, toward really the beginning of 2017 to finally make a call on this. I think we're going to start seeing maybe some profitability, maybe more of like a break even on hardware, maybe this go around. I don't I, see. I, you know, I think it's going to be a really interesting quarter. It's really up in the air in terms of, like, from my view, it's really up in the air as to what's really going to be pulling the weight this time. Is it, are we going to see some, some, some weight being lifted more in terms of, you know, that good acquisition we were talking about earlier, uh, things like that, or is it going to be more of the software side of things is, I'd like to see what the numbers are on um, the BlackBerry apps that they're selling on Android. Uh, it's not going to be a huge revenue stream, but it, it'll be an interesting indicator on whether they can go down that route in the future for future services and things of that nature. So it, it'll be an interesting quarter. I don't think it's going to be really, you know, a definitive quarter in terms of the hardware business. I think we've... I think it's already been factored into the price of the stock that hardware is really not going to be a, a game changer for the company. And I really, I really don't, in my gut, I really don't think investors are going to be really focusing too much on hardware now. I think they've, they've kind of already been trained to, to know not to be super um, positive involved yeah. with the hardware numbers, right? Because uh, really now, as Chen has alluded to and shown in past quarters, is that the growth is really in software and, and enterprise. And I think that's really where you have to look. And and once again, it's there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline, and it'll be interesting, as always, to keep track of their operating costs and and cash on hand to see, you know, how quickly they're burning through that. Are they spending a lot of capital on marketing or on building new R and D, um, you know, products and stuff like that? So. I don't know, man. I still think a lot of investors are looking towards the hardware sector. They still haven't convinced the, the majority that they need to basically deal with software. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's an ongoing thing and it has been an ongoing I, I, thing for like two years. No, what? 
I actually really disagree, uh, Chris, because uh, I think it's it's kind of like a, a whole industry thing where people looking at mobile devices in the entire industry, the entire industry has been cooled between Samsung, Apple, is kind of way behind those two. So I really don't think people looking at BlackBerry are looking towards hardware just because mm -hmm. even people looking at Apple and Samsung nowadays aren't really even looking towards them. I mean, hardware is always is, is really a big factor in their quarter reports, but you can even see a bit of a pullback and shift away from hardware being the fo focus at, at those two companies now. And I think that kind of thought it has already happened at BlackBerry a while ago, and it's just... It's been going on for a long time, and I think by now it's – yeah, I agree. There's probably still people who are still looking at hardware numbers, but I think for the vast majority of them, it's an acknowledgement that the entire industry is kind of plateaued. And there's, you're not going to – investors are looking for opportunities for growth, and I, I don't think there's enough opportunity for growth in hardware to match an increase in earnings per share for the company. I don't think you're, you're going to see, you know – uh, a gangbusters like the Stocko gangbusters off of hardware numbers ever, no matter if they have a really good year, just because the entire market is so saturated. It's, okay. I, I don't think it's possible at this point for an investor to have that view and think that a stock that, that Blackberry could even have an off chance of providing really good hardware numbers and that translating into um, good revenue on the back end. I think twofold there, we have the perception of the brand too, where if BlackBerry does have a quarter where they can say, hey, we're in the hardware business, we're making money, shut up. That has value at, you know, outside the, the, the price per share as opposed to what it can do for future devices to come in the marketing perception that they'll have as a company. But at the same point, I think as well that the conversation and story the media is having is a tired one. It's much easier to tell a hardware story than it is a software one from a media perspective where people are going to be more interested in that tangible item, right? That hardware piece as opposed to this mystical software stack that's selling security, right? I mean, I think, it's really hard to sell a promise and that's what ultimately BlackBerry's doing, you know, with what they're I think that's I think that's probably where I misspoke. The investors, I agree with Brandon in the fact that the investors are fully aware where BlackBerry is going. The media, however, is not <laughs> the media still and that seems to be driving yeah. driving well, more of the value you know it's definitely a hard point for them i'm wondering brandon do you think that blackberry is really going to have a solid quarter here are we going to have a hardware business to speak of in the years to come do you think that pipeline's still open for them or is this quarter really going to be the one to determine that it's uh, no i really don't think we're going to see too much uh, this quarter, I think we're going to see a steady growth in software and uh, enterprise. I don't think you're going to see any great, great gains there just because there's a lot of stuff that they announced this quarter, but it wouldn't have been through to client to, you know, to customers to be able to purchase, right? Even the DTECH 50, yeah. I mean, it's been out for sale, but it wouldn't be out long enough to make a dent. And then when you look at the PRIV, it's already been out for a while. I don't think you're going to see increases there. So I, re I, I don't see hardware numbers really displaying anything. I think next quarter we'll give some indication on the DTEC 50. And I think the interesting thing you have to look at with the DTEC 50 is looking at how 
because the way I view the DTEC 50 is that it's going towards the enterprise space to have that BlackBerry Android device that's a cheaper version that you can, you know, deploy in enterprise. And I'd be interested to see if there's some uptick in that uh, because I know that the price on the priv might have not been very conducive to enterprises purchasing it in bulk. And I think the DTEC 50 might have been an answer to that qualm that they had. And so it'll be interesting to see if there is some uptake in that due to the, the price reduction in the next we, quarter, though, right? We can only hope at this point. But Blackbird will be reporting results for the second quarter of fiscal 2017 on September the 28th this year. Conference call and live webcast are going to be held around 8 a.m. Eastern time, which you'll be able to access on CrackBerry, of course. It's where I go, get in the live chat. It's always a good time to see how those things go. The announcements are always fun to see because there's always a, a little bit more hype, you know, around those quarterly results. And we kind of get to see the roadmap for the next quarter, right? They kind of start talking about where they've been, where they're going. We get a little bit of more of an inclination as to what's going on. I really wish we got more to, to work off of in that respect. I wanted to transition to a Patreon question that we had from one of our supporters, Mark Robinson, asking us to compare BlackBerry Hub to the recently launched Samsung Focus application that's available in BlackBerry, uh, BlackBerry World. That would be something, right? If Samsung Focus was available <laughs> in BlackBerry World. It is available in Google Play for specific Samsung devices that are supported. This is Samsung Focus. If you haven't heard of it, then just turn off the podcast and, and go home uh, at this point. We don't need you to know about it. But Samsung Focus is a unified productivity application that enables email, calendar, tasks, memos, and contacts in one place. Basically, to me, what this app looks like is like, like Blend almost, you know? It's, yeah. a, it's a little bit of all those apps in one. So you can see here you kind of have a little bit of a timeline. You can access multiple email accounts down here calendars, memos, and people. So almost a homogeny of different things all in one app, a unified productivity app. And it's interesting because it doesn't really directly correlate with what BlackBerry 10 is, or excuse me, with what BlackBerry is doing on the hub for both Android and BB10 and hopefully soon iOS because what we're seeing here is ultimately a pretty basic application. It doesn't replicate a lot of what the hub specifically does, but it does speak to a little bit more of what, you know, the whole productivity experience that BlackBerry offers does. So for instance, here you get easy join conference call button is very similar to what the BlackBerry calendar already has, right? Uh, adding tasks and events for emails. Something I want to note here is that the downloads are pr pretty paltry right now, guys. Well, max total is severely limited by the devices that it's available for. It's only available on Marshmallow exactly. devices. Well, what's the rating at? What's the rating at? Because to me, a rating. To me, download numbers are one kind of side of it. But I think if you have good uh, ratings on your application, that the downloads will increase yeah. as the ratings. Is that a four point two? Is that a four point two? So I mean, I'm looking you, you at can expect this to grow a bit. I mean, if people are rating it highly, they're going to have some word of mouth, and people are going to see them using it and stuff. So I, I think it's going to be fine. But it's only available uh, on Samsung devices. Yeah, right. Samsung, still, I mean, Sam, Samsung kind of basically just crippled it out of the gates, which is not yeah. on Samsung like. I mean. That's normal practice for Samsung at the same time. But, and we, Lord knows, there's millions upon millions of Samsung devices out there. 
But how many how many of those Samsung devices are actually going to be interested in this particular sort of application? Yeah, you know the user I mean? demographic maybe, is, is different between Samsung. Yeah, maybe and if it came preloaded and people were like, oh, what's this? Right. You have a different scenario at that point. But I don't know. I mean, I can't. I can't even do a hands-on with it because I don't have a Samsung Marshmallow device. Like James doesn't have. If you go up to the top, we all. This app is incompatible with all of your devices, so we know that James doesn't even have a, a device that's compatible with it, right? So nobody, nobody can do a hands-on with it unless you're already, unless you have a Samsung device. So I could do a hands-on with it, but it's like I don't want to. It's like it just takes so long to set everything up and. I just don't need it. Ultimately, what I think is more interesting here is that comparison that Brendan mentioned, right? Both apps, Hub for the Blackberry's Hub on Android and also Samsung Focus are both at a 4.2. So they both seem to deliver on what they deliver on, right? But the user base is just entirely different. And as Blaze kind of shadowed here, entirely crippled on Samsung's. And this is the only, this is just the first seven days it's been in the market. So we got to give them a little bit more time to see. But right now, Hub is sitting at 100,000 to 500,000, right? So under that half a million mark for installs, whereas Samsung's focus is only at one to 5,000. So definitely a different kind of animal right here. And ultimately, the experience you're going to <laughs> focus is predominantly what we're already going to be getting on you know Android devices that are from BlackBerry or even the Hub Plus Services apps. So, you know, I, it would be more interested to see if they went ahead and put focus on like some type of subscription model. I think that would be a little bit more telling as a direct threat to BlackBerry strategy. But what do you guys think? Is focus really something BlackBerry users need to think about right now? No. No. I don't even know why we're discussing it. Outside of the whole fact that it made news previous to its launch. Samsung is going to launch a hub-like application. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to see. I mean, if we would just do a straight Google search for it, there's just so much on, really, that they're ripping off the BlackBerry Hub. But ultimately, it's just a different type of thing. It really is. I don't think they're as comparable as a lot of people are expecting. In the BlackBerry overall productivity offering, maybe more directly comparable to Focus. But ultimately, I think people who are looking at having that Samsung device may appreciate that they just have an app out of the gate that can work for them. I think long term, it's not a conversation that something needs to be held here, right? I think it's too limited right now, and BlackBerry Hub is really going cross-platform all the way. I'm interested to see really if, if Hub can deliver across these different platforms. It gets kind of hairy, right? You've got Samsung services, Google services, BlackBerry services. I mean, how many things do you want to really layer on to get productivity? You know, there's going to be a sacrifice at some point. For sure. I don't know how much of a how much of a dent Hub is actually going to make in the market. I mean, it's going to be one of those things that's interesting to see. And we know how many downloads and stuff that it has. But that also includes BlackBerry devices too. But mm -hmm. it's interesting. You know they're not selling many of so. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, James. Terrible. <laughs> Anyways, what I was saying is like, it, to me, it it doesn't seem like. I guess it doesn't seem as though that like Hub, the Hub Plus suite had any sort of like significant launch. I mean, yeah, I know that they put out a press release for it, and I know that. You know, they made it 
available to all Android devices and stuff like that, but it just doesn't seem like, I don't know, it just it, it doesn't seem like there was any sort of real push to actually go ahead and get it out there. It's not like, it doesn't seem like they had like embargoes with all the Android blogs to be able to go ahead and cover this particular aspect that BlackBerry was releasing or anything. It was just kind of like one of those things that sort of sprung up out of nowhere and, you know, it's kind of living on. Like, it doesn't seem like there was any yeah. any push from BlackBerry to to basically go out and say, "Hey, we have this really dope application that you should download on Android." See, you I don't know. know I, mean? I don't know what's worse, Blaze, is like having a Z30 type launch in you know the middle of the de- the night, <laughs> or just not even having a launch at all. You know. What yeah, I'm saying? and I'm not saying the you know the scenario. I don't. I, I don't know what scenario would be better. Should they have blasted it out? To everybody and let it be known that they're making all these apps available to every BlackBerry or sorry every Android device or was it better that they just quietly announced it because that way there's no opportunity for people to like you know fire back with stupid nonsense that we usually see from the media like I don't know I don't know what the what 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 the best case scenario there is all I know is that it was pretty it was a pretty quiet sort of launch and you know it's I know that it did make its way to some Android blogs, just not all of them. <laughs> it's definitely a, kind of an interesting piece here. I mean, if, if you want to get your Samsung focus on, just pray your phone doesn't explode. That's all I can really say for that <laughs> aspect. Um, on, the, on the flip side of this whole story, I think we're really looking at BlackBerry expanding that software offering. We're seeing it on the good side with the iOS support. We're seeing it on even the software side with the security and as well these app updates that continue to roll through. One of the most interesting pieces here is that they're getting people closer and closer to that BlackBerry 10 experience and replicating that on Android in the ways they can and in ways that aren't foreign to Android users either, right? Because they could slap a skin and do something crazy and really fragment Android, but they're kind of keeping close to home, and I think that's the best for user pickup. Ultimately, I think when we have this quarterly result on the 28th, we're going to have a much better outlook on where BlackBerry is to come, and that will be coming next Wednesday. Alex wasn't able to make it on. He might jump on the after show maybe for a little bit, but we're going to transition into that. In the after show, we're going to be talking about Marty Beard's response to a Huffington Post article and really how it echoes true throughout the years of BlackBerry. So if you want to continue supporting us in the production of this podcast, check us out at berryflow.com forward slash Patreon. Otherwise, gentlemen, let's jump in this after show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.